Welcome to Mayfield Baptist Church. We are very excited to have you with us here. We do encourage you to follow us on our social media, which you can access through our website at mayfieldbaptist.com. Please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast to keep you up to date with our latest messages. We do hope you enjoy this recent message from NBC, that it may help you connect to God, grow in your faith, and serve in your own context. Good morning, everyone. Well, I know it wasn't for the people in Sydney, but wasn't it a spectacular storm last night? <laughs> I like storms. <laughs> Lots of thunder and lightning and rain on the roof. Spiritual gifts. We talk about them every now and again. Well, you're going to hear a lot about them in the next few months. So I thought we'd start off by looking at them in more depth. The first thing I want to raise is, sometimes doing ministry in church can be like this picture. Hard, exhausting, getting nowhere fast. But is this how it's supposed to be? Should we be pushing stoically onwards, faithfully committed to moving ahead? Should serving Jesus and his church be hard work? Or is our mindset that if it's easy and enjoyable, that there must be something wrong? You know, is our faith walk with God supposed to be good for us? Are we supposed to enjoy it? When Jesus promised us persecution, I didn't think the hard times were supposed to come from within the church. Jesus promised us a life of abundance. And in John 10, he says, I came that they have, may have life and have it abundantly. I don't think serving as hard, stressful work is living abundantly. And I don't think being burnt out and tired all the time is also abundant living. Serving Jesus and his church, I feel, should give us life and give us energy and give us joy. Now, I'm not saying that this hard yards work is the experience of everyone in ministry. Not everyone falls into this category, but I'm sure it is the experience of lots of people. And for me, it has been my experience many times, where we find ourselves in a place that we don't feel is the right fit, where we feel stuck. For me, many years ago, it was the sound desk, when we had that monolithic thing down in the back corner there, for those who can remember. Stepping up because there was a desperate need at the time, and I was willing to do my bit and help out in a crisis, but when things improved, I couldn't get off the roster. I tried so many times, I was beginning to think I'd either have to leave the church or die. <laughs> Thankfully, I went to Bible college and that was a valid excuse. I never quite got the techo stuff, and David would have been very exasperated with me if I was still doing it. But the gap had to be filled, but the gap wasn't filling me. It was draining me, making me resent the whole thing. Ultimately, I was in the wrong place. Might have been for the right reason, but it was not sustainable. Sometimes we need to say no. Now that if we look at the picture, what do you notice? This isn't a rhetorical question. Sorry, what was that? The round wheels are in the cart. So what's the problem here? 
The resources are there, we're just not using them. I firmly believe that God has placed in his church, in our church, everyone he needs to fulfil the ministry that Maple is called to do. The issue is, do we have the right people in the right places? Paul's picture of the church is a good reminder for all of us. And in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by the one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given the one Spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We're not all the same, are we? But we are one with Jesus. God has given each of us different personalities, temperaments, spiritual styles, which is a topic for another day that I love talking about, and different spiritual gifts, which is what I want to talk about in depth today. In Ephesians 4, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers, and some as helpers, and some as prayers, and some as givers, and the list goes on and on and on. When, he, when we know what he has given us, we can be the right wheel on the right cart. So let's look at what spiritual gifts are. First, I want to rule out a few things. Talents. Talents are natural abilities that we are good at or we have an innate ability to do. Everyone is born with talents. They are God-given and in many cases they seem to be genetic. I don't know about you, but there are so many families I know where everyone in that family is good at the same thing, like music or sport. <laughs> However, these are not spiritual gifts, are they? Non-believers and believers alike have talents. God can and does use our talents to enhance the gifts he gives us, but talents in themselves are not gifts because talents operate under our strength. Skills. Skills are not gifts. Being a trained doctor or a trained teacher does not make you have the gift of teaching or healing. Gifts, again, can be enhanced by skills, but they are not automatically connected. Again, skills operate under our strength. So here is a definition. A spiritual gift is a special divine empowerment bestowed on each believer by the Holy Spirit to accomplish a given ministry God's way, according to his grace and discernment to be used within the context of the body of Christ. Our talents and skills can build on and strengthen our gifts, or they may not be connected at all. A gift is the Holy Spirit using a believer to achieve something that the believer would not have the power or the ability to do by themselves. Whereas talents and skills use our strength, gifts use the power of the Holy Spirit. For example, and I'm going to do a couple of my story things here. One of my gifts is teaching, apparently, according to a few people. Now, they say I can communicate things in ways that make them understandable. However, if you ask Robin, there are many times after I've been up here talking that I will sit down and I will say to her, did that make any sense? Because to me, it just sounded like rubbish and gobbledygook. 
So what I say and what you hear, to me, sometimes are completely different. So God must be at work. Because to me, sometimes what I say up here doesn't all add up. So what are they for? The church. 1 Corinthians 14. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. And in Corinthians 12. Now to each one the manifestation of the gift is given for the common good. They are for Jesus' church and for each other to see his church fully function and work properly. This is why Paul uses the body metaphor. Just as one body operates when everything is working well, so a church operates well when all the body is working together with what God has given. And Paul in Romans reinforces this again. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have a in accordance with your faith, if it is in serving, then serve. If it is in teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Every gift is given by God to build up, strengthen, grow, expand his church and his kingdom. God's call on us with his gifts is never-ending too. In Romans 11... For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They do not change. They do not end. When we don't use them, we are being disobedient to his call on our lives. When we have them in the wrong places, when we have the square wheels, we are letting God and each other down. And his church suffers and operates below its potential. So how do they work? It's simple. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit working through us. Our gifts are powered by his power, not ours. In Philippians, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. We are assured that the Holy Spirit dwells in every one of us. You know, when I'm mentoring people, I want people to really focus on that. The Holy Spirit dwells in you if you are a believer in Jesus. Take that home and meditate on that for the next week. Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit would be with us. In John 14, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is the source of this power that is the spiritual gifts. In Ephesians 3:16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. We need to remember this <clears throat> that any gift we use is not us but the Holy Spirit working through us. And all the glory and the praise and honor goes to him who is the source of that power. We are just a channel. We are just a conduit. We are just a river that flows the power through. And here I think is where we strike an issue, where we can fall over in our understanding of the use of gifts and for the Holy Spirit as a whole, I think. I know for me, 
and for, and here comes the history bit, the Western church throughout history, we have struggled with our concept of the Holy Spirit. The Father is okay. He is out there above all things, watching over everything. The Son is okay. He's relatable. We know his story. We've read about him. He's like us. He became one of us. He experienced life like us. He stepped in to save us. But the Holy Spirit seems intangible, ungraspable, weird, a mystery. Francis Chan, an author, calls the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. Because in theory we acknowledge his role and his presence, but in practice we don't do much with that. He doesn't fit our practical, rational, logical Western mindset. And he threatens our self-control, our self-centeredness and our sinfulness. Because the other two of the Trinity, in a sense, we can keep at arm's length. But the Holy Spirit, he is within us. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. He is God in us. But do we know him, or do we just know of him? And here is the struggle we have, I think. I know that for me it was and is a struggle to live with the Holy Spirit because he's unpredictable, challenging, and surprising. What do I mean? Well, here's another part of my story, and this one's the scary one. People who know me pretty well will say I'm calm, logical, predictable, nothing radical happens, nothing unplanned happens, and I like it that way. I don't like things being chaotic and out of control. I like stability and predictability. They are major goals in my life. But 20 or so years ago, the Holy Spirit decided I need a good shake-up. And he gave me two gifts, which to this day I'm not thankful for, that challenged the way I saw the world. I was willing to accept the Trinity, but the Holy Spirit and the supernatural were theory, not reality. And this changed. And he let me see things, angels and demons in the spiritual world, and he let me know and hear things, voices, the knowledge of things that I should not know in any way. There was no natural way to explain what was happening. How and why could I do this? And it scared me. So this has been my faith walk ever since, the desire for the stable and the rational pushing against the unexplainable and mystical and surprising. That's my journey with the Holy Spirit and gifts. And I wish that for you too, because it does change how you see the world. The Holy Spirit threatens us because he challenges our view of life and the world around us. He wants us to see the world as it really is and give us the ability to work in that world to see God's plans and purposes come to fruition through his people and his church, through the power he gives in his gifts, to see the church at its full potential as we all use the gifts that he has given us as he has planned for them to be used. So here comes the crunch time. What does that mean for us here and now? Well, coming out of Heart for the Hill that happened last year, one of the big issues that was raised was the right people in the right jobs, the right places. And a major part of this is gifting. 
along with passion and ability and skills. So this year, you will begin to hear about gifting more and more as we help people discover their gifts. But we're just not going to leave you there. I heard someone call these tests to find out your gifts spiritual lollies. Taste all very nice, but they don't do you good in the long run. So we're just not going to leave you there knowing what your gifts are. We want to work with you to find out where you are called to serve. That's the scary bit. And that's the end goal. Gifts are given so you can serve. The only reason to understand your gifting is to serve and to be obedient to the call he places upon us. Jesus calls us to serve. In Matthew 23, the greatest among you shall be your servant. John 13, if I then, your Lord and teacher, has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. We are called to serve because Jesus served. And we're called to obey his commands. If you love me, keep my commands. He calls us to serve. To serve God through his church is an act of obedience. I've often used a quote over the years. I heard it many years ago. There are no volunteers in the kingdom of God. We are either obedient or disobedient to his commands. Seeing our service as volunteering sends the message that we can pick and choose and when and where we do things, that we are the ones in charge. Being an obedient disciple of Jesus is about him being in charge and us surrendering to his call on our lives. He calls us to service and gifts us with the ability to serve. It is up to us to step into what he is asking each of us to do. So this year I encourage you to take the steps to engage with the Holy Spirit and your gifts to seek out how and where you can serve as we as a church look forward to what God has in store for us. We all need to be open to the Holy Spirit, doing things in us to enable us to see his kingdom grow and flourish. Come and talk to any of the team and we'll be more than happy to walk you through this. And here I come with a big plug again. Join a connect group to journey this pathway with people. We've already got connect groups starting this journey. In discovering where you fit, stay on top. We will be publishing days where we'll be running seminars on gifting to serve. And when you and we know your gifting, we can then go on a journey of matching you with ministries and roles that may fit where you are called to. With the gifts that you have, we can put the right wheels in the right places. Let the Holy Spirit shake us up. Let him challenge our worlds. Step out into the plan he has for you and for us as a church and participate together. So in the future, we can look like this, Where are the wheels now? They're in the right places. And when the spirit gets it right, the wind of the spirit will propel us forward and ministry will be a breeze. Which is how it should be. With the right people, with the right gifts, in the right places.
Let's pray. Father God, you bless us so many times. We are your people and you call us to serve you and you give us the ability and the power to do things beyond our imagination. Shake us up, surprise us, challenge us, scare us, to give us the wisdom, the strength and the gifts to move forward to where you would have us go. Amen.